definitely, definitely uh, very much into the intimacy and the closeness. And um, yeah, I, 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 just, just. And after this, ladies, I will give you his <laughs> socials so yeah. you can find a man who's Single looking for intimacy. <laughs> Uh, here's my number. Uh, here's, uh, here you where you'll find him on all these dating apps. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> slide into my DMs to slide into his DMs. Don't worry. If I haven't messaged you already, I will. <laughs> He's a creep. <laughs> okay. It's fine. Too far. Hi. Welcome to Fuck, Love, Laugh. Hi, and welcome back. I'm excited to be engaging with more of you through my social media in the last week and feeling like this voice is valued and this space is beginning to offer a two-way dialogue. So thank you to those willing to respond to questions and comment on content. I value that a lot. This week, I'm looking at telling you a bit of a relationship history. I've shared with a few people in my life who I trust and who my values align similarly to about the dynamic my partner and I have. I have people in my life who I'm quite close to who are very aware of things that I'm pursuing in respect of my relationship and fuck, love, laugh. So... When I do share with people, I often get that question of, well, how is an open relationship or a polyamorous relationship working for you? And how did you get there? Or, oh, I'm so curious about that. Or, have you always been in this format? So I thought I would spend this week explaining our relationship history and give you a bit of a mapping of what that looked like. And in doing that, I had this revelation that took me to a flashback and recognizing maybe I've always been someone who know who is known I'm not a one man kind of woman or a one person kind of person and in sort of falling into the identity of polyamorous I've really felt revitalized in my identity and felt like that's something I'm really ready to own and it's making sense for me more and more so I hope this week gives you some insight. Um, Again, not necessarily advice. I do know that in telling you my story, it was a journey. (laughs) It was a off-the-beaten-track adventure. It still is. So know that I'm not saying my story should be your story or anyone else's. Know that I believe everyone needs to explore and fall in alignment with who they are. And for me... This is what it looked like. My partner and I met very young. We were in a position where one of us was visiting an overseas country and we met in a very unexpected format. We met naturally and recognized very early that we were young and life was changing very quickly for us and so we had no real desire to secure anything we dated for a few months and then we broke up because work brought one of us away Uh, then we would see each other casually and and dated others intermittently in there with no expectation of each other and when we saw each other it always just it lit me up I was so drawn to that man in a way I couldn't explain 
I was young and I was new to relationships, so I think a lot of it had to do with uh, that first love and that new relationship energy and that, well, I say first love, he was probably my second love, um, but it was fun, it was passionate, but it was magnetic. I knew I felt a charge to him, like it, uh, such a rare thing to find. Our relationship then looked like very casual and and by the end of our time together, we recognized that the person who was overseas needed to return home and that happened. We said goodbye and it was painful, but we kind of knew that's what it would look like from the beginning. After that, we got in touch months later and, and the person was willing to return to the country and and had no real expectations of the other. So we connected again and, and talked about seeing each other where we could, but that looked very unstructured at the time again. So we just sort of casually dated where possible. Um, a, a, a period took us apart again overseas from each other and then back again where this time I was looking to move my life for him and had no no desire to put too much pressure on him and a real realistic expectation of what could happen being our age and our experience and our lives being so dynamic so that looked like uh, me moving for study and for work and then the ability to pursue a relationship so once we did that it all happened rather quickly I think we spent six or seven months together um, dating and living apart before we moved in together and then from there another six months or so before we got engaged that's a story in itself which layers upon layers unfolds in different ways based on our perspective and I'm sure I'll have to share that story one day um, from there we spent two and a half three years engaged processing what that meant and what a marriage would look like. There was some real apprehension, I think, from both of our ends, definitely from mine. I come from a family of divorce, and I haven't really seen any relationship structure growing up that I liked that also felt like something that would work for me. I saw relationship structures that seemed to work for those in them, or I saw ones that really didn't work but I never saw one that I thought made sense for me. Uh, and then from there, we did the wedding thing and were married for, I would say, about five years before we did what one might coin as open our relationship. When my partner and I opened our relationship, this started, as I've discussed, as an experience for me to explore my bi curiosity and really recognize what had been inhibited in me. I'd never allowed myself to even try on the idea of being bisexual. And now it seems so natural and so obvious to me. I've had inclinations toward women for a long time. And I've had inclination toward men for a long time because I love people. And I don't really make that anything else I think you have an energy with somebody and you want to connect with them or you don't and their sex and their gender aside I not sure that changes the energy I have with someone or manages that in a particular way 
so as we opened our relationship with that intent it then grew into me exploring men on my own and my partner exploring women on his own as I've mentioned then it moved into us exploring sorry prior to that it moved into us exploring couples um, together and then apart all of these experiences in this open relationship world where gave me so much insight the first time I think that we had that experience I came home and I remember I couldn't sleep so I started writing and that's probably really the seed of it all I think there are various ways you can explore life and I think relationships are a huge one that have been managed through various institutions, organizations, governing bodies, including politically, religiously, and I question why. I have had a lot of revolutionary change come through romantic and sexual experiences. I've had uh, trauma healed. I've had ideas about myself erupted. I've had perspectives I've carried shattered all in the most beautiful ways. I've seen ways I've viewed the world totally re-examined through both love and sex, whether you consider them closely correlated or synonymous. I've had change through love without sex and sex without love. And that's what really makes me question the value of all of this. And it gives me assurance that I'm on to something. I think we limit ourselves and we limit access to this transformative power. I listen more and more to people in open relationship spaces and polyamorous type structures talking about how each relationship or sexual partner they have holds up a mirror for them. And that's what's really happened for me. And it's changed my world and it's asserted for me how much I value what I'm doing and how I'm on to something and how I need to continue to connect with people and and be able to use them as a portal for change and hopefully them use me in that way. I say use in a completely consensual and, and acknowledged way. The part that I find the most tricky now is as I try to move away from sort of a swing scene or this open relationship dynamic and really take on a fearlessness of engaging in, in more than just the sexual dynamic is that I don't see a lot of others ready for that. Where I find people I'm drawn to and I want to relate to them, I see a lot of apprehension around them wanting to open up in those ways. I think there's lots of people that are okay with just loving you, being your friend, connecting, sharing deeply. I found tons of great people for that. Then there are a lot of awesome, fun, sexy people who are okay with engaging sexually. 
erotically. But combining those two seems to frighten us. Fucking and loving combined. Yikes. Terrifying. Mm. So I'm interested to see how I'll continue to find people who are ready to be challenged through both. Knowing I'm not looking for another person, I have that. But I'm unafraid of accessing more people and seeing where it goes. I've spent a lot of time thinking about what that means. And I've been looking at a lot of other content out there about love and relationships, open relationships, polyamory, monogamy, and... I think the best way I'm viewing it now that helps me put language to my experience is that open relationships equals open to relationships. I've always been very relationally oriented. I have a story I'll have to tell of recognizing only in the last few years, but from when I was 15 years old and had a few different men that were that I was in relationship with in different formats. I realized I really should tell this story. So I'll tell a short narrative about this realization that I had once my partner and I opened up our relationship and I really examined my motives. Uh, It was that I have learned a lot about who I am by looking back and it's funny that life has a way of showing you these things in time. I recognize now, too, that I'm sharing my story. People are going to try and find a label and identify reasons for my choices, and that's their right. And I don't really have any way to explore every causal factor or facet of my inner self, but I continue to do the digging and do the work. But here's what I do know and why I think this story explains me but also explains the possibility for being open to relationships. And maybe Ella will allow you to question why it could be beneficial for some. Definitely has been for me. When I was 15, I fell in love for the first time. Madly, hormonally driven, passionately in love with a boy. Let's call him Kieran. And we were different in almost every way. We had different religions, different upbringings, different worldviews altogether. I wanted to know everything about him and see every part of him. I remember feeling a hunger to know him and know how he saw the world. He was dark and mysterious to me. He represented a part of life that I knew very little about at that time. He made me evaluate how I saw the world, what I wanted to experience from life, and how I planned to map my future. He used to ask me very deliberate, pointed questions for a young man of his age. He was adventurous and fun. When I was with him, I felt enthralled, just overjoyed and overcome. I loved that boy with everything that my young heart knew as love at the time. 
then there was Chad. Chad was the misunderstood athlete that said little with his words, but so much with his eyes. We were what people expected, a couple from some bad teen drama. We both played sports and we accomplished highly academically because um, we had perfectionist mothers and overachieving was in our blood and not optional. And we were well socially connected. He was so relatable to me and yet brought his own afflicted history. He was also very beautiful. Somewhere along the line, I think, he became known as Ken. I always assumed due to his faultless jawline. His body alone made me want to do things that I didn't even understand in my innocence. We would flirt shamelessly. Then Colin. Colin was a beautiful soul through and through. He was the one that would swing by and say hi, and then chat boldly, but oh so respectfully, with your parents, with nothing but pure authenticity. He went to church, he loved his mom, he did everything by the book, everything. We would talk for hours, questioning and analyzing everything a young mind conjures up as life's biggest questions around theology and religion and psychology and, of course, high school politics. He was everything that was wanted for me. I don't know if I've been saying then, but I should be clear in saying that these were the first three people that I intimately cared for and loved simultaneously. The first three men that could have been considered romantically oriented relationships for me. And I loved them all. I delighted in time with and luxuriated in the thought of each of them, often within moments of the other. And sometimes those feelings became all at once. Kieran saw this and he was my guy. He was the boyfriend. He had happened along some information from a friend that observed my shameless flirting with Chad while he was away from school for the day. And I remember that Kieran challenged me on it in a way that only a 15-year-old would do. He questioned why I would have engaged in such overt philandering on his day off of school. I explained I didn't see it that way. I just... I chanced the argument that I had engaged with Chad in the very same manner that I would have when Kieran himself was observing our interactions. And I stated, I believe that I'd done nothing wrong. I do remember that I apologized, though, that he was feeling in any way deceived or betrayed. I was confused and I was confronted. And until I started reading this aloud and sharing it with you, I don't realize how much this all ties together. I was confronted not by Kieran so much as by the ethical nature of it all. It, I was made to feel ashamed. I shared time with each of these young men. I valued each of them for different reasons. I loved them for what they brought to my life and the elements of myself that let me explore and expose. Why was I being made to feel guilty for that? Holy shit. I think 
I've always seen value in these coexisting relationships. I've spoken before about how I, we know a parent is never challenged on their love divided among their children. And yet we expect that love to look different when we decide it's a romantic or sexual partner. And I've said, I believe it was last week, I've always sort of challenged this. And it never felt right to sort of possess just one person in that way and have to own only one relationship. It, it's always felt to me like a limitation. Like you can get to this level and this depth, but only with one. What would happen if we did it with more? I'm blowing up my mind a little bit as all of this pieces together for me and I share it out loud. I'm really trying to move into this format of thinking out loud for us to share and editing minimally so that the format is more vulnerable and raw as promised, but still cohesive and telling a narrative for you. That's the story of my partner and I. So again, I want to assert that this isn't a narrative that I'm saying one should attempt to recreate or that this was the best sequence for us, but that's how it went. And I hope that if I had the opportunity to give advice and when people who I discuss these topics with say, oh, I think that might align with me and maybe these structures would offer me uh, more of the format that I desire. My explanation back is my partner and I spent years learning to know each other, learning to trust and building a strong relational foundation. If we had been open to relationships outside of ours before building what has become our primary relationship, I don't think that would have been sustained. I think if we had started a primary relationship together while investigating other relationships that were romantic and sexual, I think we would have lost sight of each other as a priority. And I don't think we would have landed in the commitment that we have to each other. That's my perspective. And I'll never know because that's not the story I lived. And I share with you so you know the story I lived out of curiosity, answering your questions. Also, possibly showing you a sequence that could work for you. I don't know. I definitely wouldn't advocate for starting a relationship that way if your desire is to have a primary partner and others that possibly look different if um, your goal is to just sustain various relationships then that could look different all right but yeah that's our story and it was interesting telling it and then looking at how I kind of always did this and then that got shut down for me. I repressed those desires. I re really limited myself into how I could connect with people of the opposite sex at the time. And then as I became curious about my interactions with women and where I wanted to take that, it wasn't an option. So until opening my relationship, parts of myself were really locked in. And I'm so glad I've had the life experience to delve into all of this.
I hope you'll enjoy the interview that I have coming up in a few minutes. Uh, this is a very awesome person that I'm going to introduce you to. I hope you enjoy the dialogue he offers and the perspectives he puts forward. I know I'm very excited to talk to him. I am so fortunate that, again, these people I meet in my life in various capacities, I talk to very freely about my experiences and about the questions I have. And then I reach out and say, hey, I'm doing this podcast. Do you want to be on it? And they say yes. So here's another one of the cool people I've met in the world who is ready to engage in this discourse. Enjoy. I'd like to welcome to the Fuck Love Laugh Couch, Morbius. Thanks for coming. Good to be here. Yeah, thank you. Should we just start right with the questions? Who are you? Um, sure. So, uh, Morbius, I'm 31 years old. Um, just, just a regular guy. Um, love to sort of do something with my life, <laughs> be outdoors, be active, feel like I'm learning, feel like I'm doing something, feel like that I am a different person today compared to what I was a few months ago, a few years ago. Um, cool. And yeah, that's me. Awesome. Can yeah. you tell me more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know where this stems from. I don't think it was the case, let's say, 15 years ago. But yeah, today, if if I feel like I'm stuck in a bit of a loop where um, things are getting a bit monotonous or mm. things are getting a bit repetitive, and um, if if three months from now, if I look back and can't really pinpoint any milestones yeah. in my life, it does bother me significantly. Um, yeah, interesting. For some reason, I think there's some sort of a time pressure that has been ingrained in my mind and. As in, you're supposed to achieve certain things by certain time frames? Well, more so that I am always running out of time. Mm. So it, it's, it's not that I need to take any sort of a list that I've got, but it, I, I'm always aware that every minute that I'm spending is a minute gone. And I know that sounds a little bit <laughs> No, I kind obsessive. of got that impression of you, actually. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just me in my head, but apparently not. <laughs> it's visible. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, it does bother me a fair bit, um, mm. and I think it's especially. You said you haven't always been like that, though. Was there like a trigger that sort of you leaned into wanting to develop yourself, or is that something you just sort of happened instantly? Um, probably quite relevant to this conversation here, but mm. I think it, it does go back to an ex partner of mine who was a very A type personality, and um, <laughs> she was always a go getter, and yeah. it was it was. Um, then again, I don't know where that comes from for her, yeah. but it was very much innate in her to always be what's on next? the lookout what's for, next? yeah, exactly, what's next. Yeah. So I, I think that kind of instilled this impression on me that that is a positive trait. Okay, um, and so you and wanted to acquire that quality. Yeah, I think, I think that, coupled with a bit of um, um, introspection as well, made me feel mm. like I have not been doing as much with my life as... I could I could be yeah and that that you know possibly having more of that attitude could possibly open um, a few doors that I would like to sort of walk through cool so, yeah it just became a bit of a um, positive feedback loop where I would do that awesome. I would see results and it would encourage me to do more of that and cool. before you know it you're obsessed with it <laughs> well yeah and do you have people in your life that feed that 
by people who are giving you that feedback or who are participating in your continual growth or yeah well i've received feedback from some people and i suppose the feedback itself is a bit varied as well yeah there's some people who feel inspired or encouraged by it and kind of give you mm. uh, a bit of an idea that hey this is the kind of influence that you've had on me because you are like this awesome. um which is obviously quite encouraging but there is um i suppose the other kind of feedback that i definitely seek a lot more which is for people to give examples of what they've been doing um mm. not as a sense of achievement for them but just a, a norm and um i think every once in a while when you can have that little bit of a um some like sort a of barometer a, co- some yeah kind. a comparison yeah. to realize that what you're doing is nothing special or nothing um, <laughs> so out of the world yeah i think it it, it it adds a sense of humility yeah and it makes like humanity you, almost well yeah and then it, i think i think makes what you consider normal a bit different mm. and i think every once in a while we need to sort of hang out people well, actually not even every once in a while probably we should do it more often than not hang around people that have their bars considerably higher because elevates you it just makes yeah. you think what's next? not as highly as yourself and just just makes the idea of effort as being the norm yeah and i guess i have an apprehension around that because i'm quite type a uh-huh. um and i'm like a, a recovering perfectionist so <laughs> quite well it's quite a process <laughs> thanks mom and her mom and her mom and society mm-hmm. but i think there's uh, the way i think i described it last week is like it's not a push and push and push it's like a lean into who you are and fully embrace like mm-hmm. what what you could be and what do you want to mm-hmm. experience in your life and so i value and connect with people who are looking at developing themselves and not that they're trying to always um take everyone's feedback because people are going to give you feedback that's probably not valuable based on them having completely different values perceiving the world very differently to you so you have to have a very um, careful screen up to you know not absorb everything that comes back you yeah. back at you on a feedback Absolutely. loop but at the same time i have a hard time relating to people who you can hear you can see don't ever want to hear anything about themselves yeah true i suppose it, it goes both ways right yeah. when, when, when if you're trying to be influenced by people who have a higher standard than you you're just as likely to be influenced by people who've got a lower standard as well well and i so, don't even know if it's a higher thing like a enough, leveling yeah. right it's about a perception of the world it's about different values and priorities true no you you you're right yeah probably yeah. that that words it a bit differently no um, but i i view it the same way sometimes and i you talk we talk about people you know like leveling up or promoting or you know mm-hmm. growing even is is a, synonymous with vertical Absolutely. rising yeah. and i don't think it is that so much as expanding <clears throat> maybe i don't know yeah true and it should line up with what you want to do yeah. and how you perceive your ideal life to be as yes. well because i have people like this one of the concepts i've unpacked before with people is this societal elevation of like here's the relational structure you're supposed to follow true. right so find a partner invest get married have a baby build a retirement savings retire mm-hmm. and then die like that's a leveling up i don't want to do i i look at expanding myself and asking myself is that that person's encouragement of my growth is it what i want or is it what they're projecting on me so taking feedback awesome and recognizing if it's valuable to you no for sure but i i think the more of um definitely a good point that you made regarding being a little bit more resilient to the feedback as well and knowing what you want to take out of that and what you don't want yeah. to take um because everyone does have an opinion and not all of those opinions matter yeah. the same as each other Is there anything else about you that you want to share? 
Um, I think we touched upon this earlier, but I do love to passionately avoid small talk. Um, <laughs> That's I, what I liked about I, you. I, I feel like it's a soul killer. Yeah. And um, just somehow this lazy trait has become so inherent to Because didn't you tell us. me a story about how like you in a workplace really try to challenge the small talk? Yeah, okay. no, absolutely. And it's just, just the, the, the common um, terminologies around... Um, not bad for Monday oh or can't complain it's Friday yeah. or all of those just, just, just phrases just reek of I do not want to put any effort into yeah. this and I would like to give you an auto response that has yeah. been around for ages but adds no value to the conversation totally. and I, I just feel so can you give me some examples I think I've asked you this but can you give me some examples of what you say instead that feels genuine but and maybe makes people a little uncomfortable but um, doesn't put you in an hour-long conversation with well, someone when you can't yeah well especially with if with, with some of the things around um not bad for a monday for example sure I, I i do like to immediately challenge that oh what's wrong with mondays sure um which oh which, so you're doing it if they're coming at you with a well, template it, you're te- you're giving them something back it does depend on the mood and, yeah. and 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 my relationship with the yes. person as well if it is someone that i know does not want to engage at all then yeah. i'd probably just smile and nod and let it go but sure. not engage myself either I, okay. I, I've started trying to make a point which I do admit can be perceived as being somewhat rude <laughs> um, of not asking someone back if if, yeah. if, if if that question has been half-heartedly thrown at me yeah. if and I don't want to engage in a conversation I might just say yeah I'm good yeah, um, but leave I it at that, that. and I find like especially the Australian version of that which is like how you going mm-hmm. I remember people used to say that to me when I first moved to Australia and people would be like oh you're not supposed to answer like my friends would be like babe you're not supposed to actually re-. it's just a like yeah how are you like a yeah, yeah good maybe but yeah. don't be like oh yeah my day's been pretty good actually I did this I did that they're like you're gonna make people uncomfortable and I was like isn't that okay though what if I did? What if I challenged them to engage in a genuine conversation? Yeah. That's sad. Well, when I first moved to Australia, I think within the first week or so, um, I had someone tell me that if someone asks you that question, it's 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 probably a, a good response would be good thanks yourself. Yes. And I said those three words exactly. Yes. No, oh, how about some synonyms? No, no, those those those. <laughs> no, don't those, say those great. Don't say pretty good. Yeah, then, too much. You know, it might actually make them wonder, like, oh, this guy actually wants to talk about yeah. something, and, and that they're worried and that, that freaks people yeah. out. Let's not do that. Well, I, I think it's more about if 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 I know that, um, and I suppose this goes back to the feedback piece as well. So if yeah. I know that a person has asked me this question, they would care they somewhat they sh- okay. that that they want to know uh, how things are. Uh, it could be yeah. something as trivial as. Uh, you know what? I didn't get a, enough sleep, so I'm, you know, yeah. feeling pretty shit today. Or I broke my bike on the weekend. Or that exactly. <laughs> you know, just uh, my mom limping today because I absolutely Check out this my sweet bike. scar. So you yep. just try to have a really genuine connection, even if it's yeah. short and simple. Absolutely. Tell me something yeah. that has affected your life yeah. in some way, and I'll share something as well. And now, as a result of this, we both know something about more. each other that most people don't know. I and, love that. And, and that imp- has improved the relationship between us. Somewhat. Just to make us more human. And then the next time we meet, we will be connecting it at a slightly deeper level than yeah, before. Yeah, because I'll be like, how's your knee? Is it <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you'll be like, sleeping any better? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah. that, I hear you. I think that's awesome. No, absolutely. And then, and, and, and I don't um, understand how people are not quite appreciative of the fact that by having that level of small talk on a regular basis, they're... Tuning they, out? They're pretty much wasting each other's time but they're yeah. also sort of 
um, reinforcing the norm yeah. that having meaningless conversations is, is expected okay. and okay. And exactly. And yeah. it's, it's every day we are and reinforcing good enough. that norm. That's good enough. And, and that, that is the base level of a conversation that yeah. is okay. So, yeah, yeah it okay. took me a few years to get around to the, the <laughs> same conversation and be like, you know what? Nah, that doesn't sit well with me. Well, you know, I don't Not hate anymore. people who are pushing social, social discourse a little bit. So yeah. Thanks for being that. That's okay. So when I'm looking at who you are in the bedroom, it's what do you like? What do you not like? What are you mm. curious about? And if you're happy, then anything that maybe you're insecure about or sort of have a fear around. Yeah. So wherever you're comfortable sharing. Uh, yeah, we'll probably start with, I suppose, what I like sure. or what I'm, what I'm like rather. Yeah. Um, Good framing. Definitely, definitely uh, very much into the intimacy and the closeness. And um, yeah, I, I, I just, just. And after this, ladies, I will give you his socials <laughs> yeah. so you can find a man who's Single looking for and ready to mingle. <laughs> uh, here's my number. Uh, here's, uh, here you, where you'll find him on all these dating apps. Exactly. <laughs> slide into my DMs to slide into his DMs. Don't worry, if I haven't messaged you already, I will. <laughs> He's a creep. <laughs> okay. It's fine. Too far. Um, intimacy, go on. Yes. So I do do um, absolutely cherish the closeness and intimacy that people um, sort of share, even if it is a casual relationship. Yeah. It, 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 I don't see why you would want to keep something a bit something special mm. and intimate like that a bit distant so i can give you some people's reasons but yeah it's it's interesting for you to recognize that that adds value for you no 100 percent. and then, yeah. then I, I i i have definitely reached this place now that it, it's become obvious that if you are um um of that mindset you yeah. do need to make it obvious as well yes so so i suppose little things like wanting just wanting someone to stay over when, yeah. when they if you're spending the night with yeah. them um that definitely would be something that i'd be very much inclined towards yeah. because I, I i think it adds so much more depth to that experience that sure. you've had and i don't know there's, there's a part of me that's kind of thinking that oh you're being a sissy and sensitive uh, yeah. but but yeah and that's, isn't it interesting because everyone's going to have different ideas about what that means mm -hmm. and some people might have the same ideas about what that means to you and intentionally be avoiding that because mm -hmm. they don't they're not ready for that yeah. level of intimacy for them it makes them uncomfortable enough, or yeah. it's a closeness they're not wanting i know as a female who's sort of out in the world sort of dating there are definitely people who are like that's like i know where my intimacy lines are and or i want to push past this is what i want in mm -hmm. intimacy or this is what i don't want and I just respect people who make that clear, when no matter what they're wanting, yeah. that that's communicated rather than deceptively sort of. No, absolutely. It's only fair that you'd be open and honest mm. about it. But everyone's sort of cautious, not knowing what the next person wants, aren't they? No, that, that's definitely fair, true, yeah. Um, and then and, and I, I had this experience um, just a week ago, actually, or maybe a bit more than a week, um, where um, I was, uh, I, I had a friend over and um a friend well whatever uh, you want to make out of that a uh, lady caller yeah yeah <laughs> and you can be you want to <laughs> again his number is 1-800 so that sounds like you're paying, paying. <laughs> no, so 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 um you know we 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 spent some time together uh quote unquote <laughs> and we had intimate relations yes um we we exchanged words and more <laughs> well i know your mouth is involved probably okay, but <laughs> On that note, <laughs> uh, cut, cut, cut. So, but at the end of it all, she started crying, and okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, well, Dur not during. Not during. How long after? Uh, immediately after. So, like, it, when we were 
cuddling Fine. up to that. Okay. So we, I don't want to be insensitive here. Is this heavy? Um, no. Okay. I wouldn't say so. Okay, because like my girlfriend and I on the previous podcast were talking about how it, something about crying and sex, and she's like, "Excuse me, I've never cried during sex," and I was like, "No, no, no, I don't mean during. I mean like around the context, like maybe someone's oh, is disrupted right. emotionally, or like, someone you? breaks your heart and then you cry." And she was like, "Now no, all no, I can no, picture no. is you crying during sex, no, like no, a guy no. trying to get inside of you, and you're like." Ah! I just start weeping? Yeah. And, and and now she thinks it's my fetish. Is it? No! It's but I'm a, curious. It, but, yeah, anyway. I'm anyway, go back to the crying. quite a fair bit. I'm going to something. Yeah, so, look, and, and I think, in all fairness, I should probably point out that it's not, it wasn't like a, you yeah. know, proper crying or weeping or anything yeah. like that. It was just a few tears, and yeah. it obviously concerned me. So I asked her what's, what's going beautiful. on. And and she said that, look, it's, it's nothing, um, you know, to... to be concerned about as such but it was almost um instantaneous uh, well uh, reactionary for yeah. her um because she wasn't used to people being passionate yeah especially after sex and like human and connected exactly and i think in the world that the climate that we've created a lot of people are really having disconnected sex and it's really like they're masturbating with you you know, they're kind of like in their body, yeah. like using you as fuel. But that might be it sometimes. It's very non-connected and it can be very sad. Well, and I suppose if, if that that's works not, like, how you, you experience No, exactly, it. yes. Yeah. So, 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 and I think she, she... And sometimes I get like people value there's some um, something to be said of quote-unquote mindless sex. But if she's looking for a connection and you're the yeah. first person in a while who's given her that... Be tear inducing. No, true, and and I find out, find, find it worrying. I suppose yeah. that she considered the opposite of that to be so um, normal Ooh. that she had grown and like, that to be to be an expectation and allowed it, even if she didn't want that. Yeah, so, so, so the fact That's that it was it was after a while that she actually felt this, um, that that made me feel like there's something really Did wrong you here. Cry? Um, I feel like I would have cried in response to her tears and just no. been like, I'm sorry the world's been so horrible. No, unfortunately, I'm dead inside. So <laughs> that doesn't quite happen anymore. <laughs> well, it's been a while since I've cried. Um, I'm not taking any pride uh, in it. My it goal is to is... try to make you cry tonight. Really? No. <laughs> I was like, you're getting close. <laughs> you were talking about who you are in the bedroom and you were saying you're someone who's quite connected and passionate and you're looking for intimacy. Mm -hmm. Anything else we want to talk about in that? Oh, I suppose attraction outside bedroom how that leads into attraction in the bedroom as well. Mm. 100%. I think it's highly overrated. Uh, sorry, underrated. underrated. Exactly. Oh, and um, look, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a saint. I've, I've, I've had my fair share of moments the, where... One night stands. The, yeah, absolutely. Where, you know, the 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 sexual urge sort of yeah. takes the front seat and yeah. you kind of put all of that um, logical thinking yeah. and... and, and experience-driven um, mindset on the, on the side because yeah. you're just thinking, you know what, this is what I want right now and I don't care about anything else. Yeah. But, I have one yeah. little anecdote I think that I said was like, look, I like what I like about sex is connection. Mm -hmm. And I was like, look, I haven't always. I was in my 20s. I'm now in my 30s. And it's not an age thing for sure, but for me it was a maturity thing. I was very much someone who was looking to engage sexually but afraid of what that would mean and afraid of intimacy um, and what, what that would show me about myself or being vulnerable to someone sexually, I very much had to draw a line that kept me disconnected to some extent. So I think that's so cool when people um, can learn about themselves and maybe have changed the way they're looking to connect sexually because they've learned something about themselves. Yeah, 
hundred percent. Yeah, so no, definitely have given started giving it a lot more, I suppose, thought and a bit more yeah. of a conscious effort to connect with the person. And um, cool. I suppose on the other flip side of that is also when you know that you're not able to connect with that person. Yeah, don't. You, you can predict that the the sexual intimacy is probably not going to yeah. be what you want either. And so, are you finding? that's is that serving you are you finding people looking for the same thing or like this woman who was so jaded now Mm. are most people not either not looking for that or surprised when you are looking for that yeah i'd like to say yes but um i think i think a part of me is still um i suppose a little bit driven by my primal urges so yeah i'm I'm, 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 you're human i'm I'm, I'm getting there I, i at least i know that you know what let's get your expectations um in order about what you might be getting out of um this this i was gonna call it an exchange but that sounds fairly mechanical so your um tinder bio doesn't say like i'm here for a good time not a long time um that's exactly what it sounds like as well (laughs) when you read it thank you no Um, that's my uh, that's my like hegemonic male voice that's like when i'm being like the bro yeah every every guy talks like that in my head you all sound like this like the dudes who are like not challenging toxic masculinity just come out like a frat boy (laughs) we should clarify are you straight well, let's 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 say that I'm somewhere on the spectrum. Okay, um, I think everything in life is a spectrum. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I've I've got into a point where, well, with most people, I would just say yeah, yeah. fuck yeah, I'm straight. But because of the context of this, <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, fucking hate guys. Yeah, bros. Yeah, bros. <laughs> Dicks are gross. Except mine. <laughs> Your experiences have been mostly with women. That's what you're looking for. That's well, how you connect. Yeah, I, I I think so, and I I do admit though, like my um, openness from a sexuality point of view has been slowly gradually mm. sort of going from if i'm if i've got a scale of you know zero to ten yeah. well the kinsey has... scale i think is a seven. Oh really you want to work on why that? would they do that why would they make life harder i know right i've been no, going I with zero seven. to ten for the last five years it's been <laughs> you're serving, like i thought i made this scale. it's been serving me in all my Sorry. social conversations so well but Sorry. all right so how does that scale work if you don't mind kinsey i can't remember if it's like um a zero to seven and back should we pause and do some research? You just want to give me on your 10 scale. Give it to me on your 10 scale. All right, let's just do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so on, on, a, on a scale of 0 to 10. If zero being? Zero being, let's say, uh, yeah, let's say completely uh, heterosexual, um, only attracted to the opposite um, gender. Yeah. Um, and 10 being homosexual and have no interest in the opposite gender. Okay. Um, and let's say 5 is bisexual. Sure. So, yeah, equally attracted. So I, I would have definitely considered myself zero, let's say. Yeah. 15 years ago? Well, I think a lot of us, yeah, and not everyone's sort of put in positions where they're asked to ask themselves that. And I think the world's this amazing place now where we're recognizing so many things can be on this spectrum and there's not these defined polarities and there's not this dichotomy so much. We get to just sort of be this Mm. space and even better, to my opinion, is we don't have to put names always on things or label things. But it is nice to have language to help identify and explore yourself and be able to understand. Yeah. So with, with, with that progressing time as well, so I, I do think that I've been moving from zero to cool. one to two, and maybe I'm sitting around at three right now. Do we fist bump or? Like, I always just respect when yeah, people ask themselves that and question that, and they're not afraid of what that might mean and not making it anything more than what it is. Absolutely. And I, I think the whole idea around being a bit, I suppose, open to an experience and then and, and, and not feeling like, that has to necessarily define you. Yeah. If if you if you wanted to be in, in a certain atmosphere or um, um, 
yeah, a certain environment that maybe challenges what you've thought about you. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you feel like, you know what, that actually worked for me. Yeah. That was pretty good. That reinforces what you have been guessing at. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then that gives you another confirmation as well. So exactly. At the end of the like day, what are we hiding from? If, if at the end of the day, something might just confirm what you already thought you knew about True. yourself. And, and I, I, I don't necessarily feel like you are innately at some sort of a number on the scale but 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 with with any sort of an experience that i've had um or even a thought or even a conversation as well or other people or you know understanding someone else's anecdotal experience that's potentially sort of swayed me a little bit on the scale scale as well and i have um taken pride in the fact that like with some of my conversations as well i've had some male friends actually just a couple but one especially Mm -hmm. um who over the last few years has changed his perception yeah. of himself on the scale as well? Uh, do you think that's in part because you're both engaging in the dialogue with each other? That's definitely or a part of it. Or is it separate journeys that just happen to then get every once in a while you're checking in and both being like, oh mate, I'm actually a little more. Yeah, I, I, I think while we're with, with our conversations as well, and I think that sort of fuels what um, our image of what we would be comfortable mm. with and what we would like to experiment cool. with our future dates. Well. For, I don't know if I've told you, like, that's kind of where it started for me, is that yeah. I had this bisec- well, bi-curiosity that I had never explored, I'd never tried on for myself. Yeah. I'd never been allowed to, I'm using that word freely, like, I'd never been given that sort of, I'd never allowed myself <clears throat> to do the thought experiment. Mm-hmm. I'd never been allowed by my family, by my community, by my religious culture. Um, it was just not okay. And so once I had moved away from that viewpoint, I gave myself space to be like, what if... And that's where I entered into my sexual explorations, and most of my engagement now is with men, but I'm definitely, you know, on your scale, I'd be like a four, in that I, I love to engage with women, I have a, I've had some really great connections with women, um, but I'm definitely more inclined, I find most of the people I have sex with or sexual um, engagements with are, um, identify and present as male, mm-hmm. um, but they are men who aren't ever a zero on your scale, they're men who are like, I'm figuring myself out, I'm figuring the world out, I'm on this cool world experience, and Mm -hmm. why I have questions, I'm happy to question things, try things on, experiment with things. They don't have this idea of what being a male in the world means, or what it should mean, and they don't have a lot of fear around their sexuality. They're open to thoughts, and sometimes that leads to action, and sometimes it doesn't. Oh, true. Absolutely. But I, I, I haven't engaged with someone that I've had a really great connection with who's like, yeah, I'm just like, I go into that voice again. <laughs> like, just dudes are gross and like, uh, <clears throat> like I just, the people that I'm really drawn to are people who, I, I don't know, maybe there's something to that. I'm just, I'm thinking out loud here, but like maybe there's a parallel. Well, I'd like to think there. that if, if someone is open enough to think like that, they're probably um, just as open in the ways um, when it comes to other social constructs yeah. as well. That, that they're not necessarily so. just sort of, you know, progressive in one specific yeah. aspect of life, but they probably yeah. have the same way of thinking, same sort of same level of openness, same level of um, I suppose questioning um, yeah. um the, the 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 norms that That's have been handed over to them. Found, but I also look at like cuz I don't in- like I don't like being told what my sex is supposed to look like. This is what girls do in the bedroom. This is how mm. you take this. This is how you do this, whatever. The way I present sexually is very I think the expression I've used before is like I explore the masculine and the feminine or the yin and the yang like I look at all the broad scope of what is eroticism and power exchange and sexuality 
but if I engage with a, a guy who has ideas of what being a man in a bed has to look like, and then he wants me to be what a woman looks like in the bedroom, he might not enjoy engaging with me. Because, like, I, there's no rules for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about what both those people want to explore. Not true. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then uh, even my, my perception of what an experience looks like and what's the idea of appealing and not appealing yeah. has changed so much. And I'm sure it'll continue to Same. change as well. Um, but I'd like to think that that is a bit of a reflection of where society is heading towards mm. as well. My experience with other people seems to suggest that. I hope so. So, so. so should we get into <laughs> any more about the things that you like or that you're curious about? Or, or dislike as well? Like, dislike, yeah. Um, yeah, so not, not, as, not so much dislike, but I would consider myself to be sexually inept. <laughs> When it comes to role playing, oh, um, I've 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 had a couple of partners in the past who've um, really been intrigued by it, sure. and um, yeah, honestly, I feel so lost when it comes okay. to that. And I've I've never actually tried either, and it might be something that you just get better at practice. But I, it's so when just you maybe... say role play, do you want to clarify what you're perceiving? So so my or rather the the idea that was expressed to me was more around having. Um, a situation being stimulated, okay, rather simulated. There you go. <laughs> hey, Probably both. It's not my first language. <laughs> <laughs> What's my excuse? I'm gonna pull that card all the time. Uh, yeah, so so a uh, uh, um, situation being simulated, like let's say. So were you assuming different characters or just different scenarios, maybe? Different characters as like well. Like superheroes or. No, more I mean, most like, of the real life. Like secretary. Um, that would be an example yeah. of that. Or in, the, in that case, oh, you could have very aggressive and mm. um, uh, very aggressive scenarios where okay. you know you've got a. Like maybe some consensual non-consent stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Okay. So I, I think that especially would be the case where it's not that I've got any sort of a moral conflict in that yeah. space when I know that. And this is something that we've spoken yeah. about and this is something that everyone's consenting yes, everyone's desiring and has, 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 a, has a purpose to sort of you know exactly cater to someone's desire yeah. um, but yeah it's just it's not something that I've so you're a little apprehensive around it more than that I would probably say I just um, did not have the proficiency to okay. make it happen in the way it should okay cool so it might be just be a matter of practice I'm not sure So that's a newer-ish kind of concept for me too I I would if you are curious like I would definitely say it's generally about just dipping your toe in just trying it yeah and just sort of slowly gaining confidence with it because it is a very different conceptual space and I view sex and my appreciating understanding for that is that it is a play space that you can create we as adults sort of stop playing and sex can be a great Mm. avenue for play uh, and if you're willing to experiment and laugh and, you know, have awkward moments and, and you're with someone who you say you have that mm-hmm. connection with, then all of that can go wrong and it's okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's that's a very good way of looking at it. It's just a very beautiful way of looking at it that you don't have to get it perfect the right first yeah. time. You don't always have to get it right. That's okay. Yeah. Hmm. No, fair um, and anything else in respect of dislikes or curiosities or apprehensions well I, th- I think when it comes to apprehensions I definitely um, would say that I've, I think it borderlines on insecurity mm-hmm. is um, the idea of being stale or stagnant in, in your ways around yeah. um, in, in, in bed okay. um, that is something that does concern me because it, like, like everyone um, I think there's a there's a 
fairly some maybe somewhat steep learning curve when when you uh, I would hope so when you initially getting into your sexual life yeah but it does fall into this level of complacency where you think mm. you know what these are like this the is few working. things that you do yeah it's my repertoire these, these are the good nailed it these are the boxes that you tick yeah. no no pun intended hey. <laughs> um and and as long as you've done that that's that's good yeah well one my first one of my first guests billy was talking about um she with her first partner they had like a routine and i was like well did it work for you and she's like well it made me come but does that mean it was working and that's a big question around mm. like when sex shouldn't be in my pers- personal opinion orgasm focused or genital focused sex is an experience and if you're looking at how to add and enrich an experience you and you perceive sex that way i think that helps around that issue of like stagnation or boredom if you look at being curious all the time and that's how i try to go into my world you'll never stop trying or varying because you're like ooh yeah and i think you can <clears throat> excuse me i think you can somewhat get away with it if um you're not in a let's say committed or a long term relationship yeah. and you're you're constantly exploring with different partners mm. in which case whatever you are yeah. is always new to those people sure but even like i i am very cautious around trying to um make clear that i'm not trying to push an open relationship agenda or the idea that two people can't be exclusive sexually and have a really rich experience mm-hmm. but i think there's still so much curiosity like i know i'm 33 now and i'm learning things about my body every day about my body about male bodies about all spaces in between bodies <clears throat> about um erotic fire that you can fuel in different yeah. sensory ways smells tastes touches um resisting time uh, you know there's so many things you can ex- be curious about and experiment with that don't involve opening up a relationship yeah and then maybe we're like jumping into something that you would be discussing Jump. separately but but Jump. again like a relationship for me now and then look I have historically been very much in a monogamous no. space yeah. but it's it's only recently when I've suddenly started exploring that idea that monogamy does not have to mean stagnant and that yeah. that itself can be a very dynamic space as well well as that's the next question so you built into that beautifully no, for sure. nailing it <laughs> yeah so i mean when you look at the word monogamy what does that mean for you then well So so you know I probably put that more um on 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 a bit more of a personal space where yes. um with some sort of uh, anecdotal experiences uh past relationships it's it's been supposed not worthy for me that if 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 I'm in a long-term relationship there's that sense of stagnation and boredom that starts mm. building and um it, it quite often sort of accompanies with more uh, building attraction towards the unknown as well the yeah. people around you that Well you and I have touched on that name Esther Perel before did mm-hmm. you end up have you done some reading or listening to any of her work a little bit of um reading okay. of her uh, sorry she talks a lot about um that er- the erotic lives in the unknown and when we try to you know we have these lives where we share space with someone we share mm-hmm. finances sometimes with someone we have all these things that we are, think we're supposed to share and become close and have no secrecy in but that the erotic play space is often in what is that unknown that mystery. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've had one relationship where I pretty much mentioned that pretty much right off the bat as as a as a part that I'm wary about and and a part mm. that I would want to work on. Yeah. Um just so that it wasn't something that I was kind of trying to tackle internally and without working yeah. with my partner. Yeah. Um yeah, and I figured that if 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 um is that received well? 
At the time, yes, but the relationship didn't work out for other reasons. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, that was kind of used as a scapegoat in that case, saying that oh right. well, it's probably because you know you were bored or stagnant. It's like no, that's a different oh. issue altogether. Yeah. But but I suppose coming back to what we were talking about, um, yeah, I, I I think that has always kind of seemed like a bit of a dead end to me in the past, where you feel like if you're in a long term relationship, mm. these are the things that you grow accustomed to and at the end of the day these things become repetitive yeah. and monotonous and stagnant and somewhat yeah. boring my, my, my fear would be more on how exactly I deal with it and yeah. um, like uh, in, in, in the past I suppose um, look there's definitely a bit of hypocrisy involved there uh, mm-hmm. in, in, for me at least that if I look at okay look if I had some sort of a, let's say um, a free pass if you want to put it that way a whole pass yeah that Yes. Uh, <laughs> if I if if that existed, then yeah. would that make me happier? Would that make me yeah. feel somewhat satisfied and, and at I ease? Guess I wonder if it comes down to looking at the why. Like, what are we looking for when we try to go outside of what we have, and that that's individualized. Things that 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 um, visibility of an option. You know, yeah. like I mean, you might not even. Well, want to exercise that option that yeah, actively. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing for my partner and I for quite a while. Once we opened it up, a lot of times you didn't actually want to do anything or your life didn't change in any way. But it was that reminder that you're not stuck. Everything's a choice. Your whole life is a choice. We are very fortunate people who live these lives that we get to dictate most things in. And mm. reminding yourself that when you're in a relationship, you're there by choice every yeah. day. Um, we talked last week about how friends have been uncomfortable that we joke around like if or when we get divorced and it was like well that's the reality is 50% of marriages don't stick and at the same time the fact that we joke about it means that we've reminded ourselves and each other that we are here out of choice every day no for sure and then yeah 100% and when, when I was talking about that hypocrisy part as well if I if I look at that kind of an option if I say okay you know what if I'm having it my partner should be having it as well yeah. it sounds only fair but that did that make you uncomfortable? Fairly so, yeah. and then it, it invokes a strong sense of jealousy in yep. me. And so I think that's just where does a, that come from, right? And asking yourself that. I think it goes back to the fact that that the idea has not been challenged enough to yeah. go back to sort of where exactly is it coming from sure. and why. Um, and and as you said, I think that that that, that whole illusion of choice, mm. uh, or rather, um, the desire for. Um, a choice and not feeling stuck as such yeah. and not really taking it back to okay but these are this is what i want from my partner and am i getting that if yes then it's it's then what's yeah. the problem if no then how do i actually you know initiate that conversation to understand sure you know, there are these gaps how are you going to fill it well and that's some of the dialogue i've engaged in is like in opening a relationship it helped us you look at what you're seeking outside of what you have mm. and then you're like hmm why don't I have that? Have I not asked my partner for that? That can go to something as simple as like more um, verbal affirmation about what kind of person you are, or mm-hmm. how you look or whatever, up to something sexual, a kink or something that you want to engage with, to actual physical time, to hobbies, and then asking yourself, do I need to be asking this of my partner? Have I and they're not ready to give it to me? Yeah. And if they're not and we've both dialogued and we're very open around it can I get those needs met elsewhere is that okay is that something we're okay with mm. from something like a hobby that you want to you want to play tennis they don't want to play tennis to you want to get fucked up the ass they don't want to fuck you up the ass okay. like 
I don't know, can those things be exercised elsewhere is up to you, I think. But not being allowed to ask if that and own those desires is yeah. what I, I personally think is necessary for each person to look in themselves, yeah. figure out what they want, communicate that openly, candidly, but also carefully to their partner, respecting that their partner might not want what they want. And that doesn't mean they get to go get it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. But if you're both of the same mind, I, I have found personally, I've found value in that. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting that it makes me think of, again, that professional parallelism as well, where it's just so common, at least for me, to be advising others that, hey, if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. But exercising that in your personal or rather... It's harder almost, it, it is. It? I, I suppose there is that sense of taboo when it comes mm. to relationships that, hey, these are things that are accepted to be okay and we make it about ourselves like if my partner says like hey i want this thing it doesn't mean even that i'm not giving them that maybe yeah. they want more than i can give or that i want to give or maybe you are open to it but it's never been brought up so yeah. we just oh, that, go that, that need hasn't been uh made clear enough or the quantity is unclear mm -hmm. Yikes. if having that level of openness and transparency in the relationship could possibly do wonders um, but even then, I think some of those people are not even speaking the same language or perceiving each other correctly. Well, I'll be sure to practice it next time I'm in a relationship. <laughs> give sure. it a, Write some notes. Yeah, give, it, give it 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, are, how do you feel about monogamy as a whole? Meaning, one marriage, one relationship, one person. Well, I might be a little bit old school in that case where I think I do sort of romanticize the idea of... Um, having one person that has so many overlapping mm. aspects in your life. I think a lot of us do. Like, you and I are of similar age. Like, that's what's sold to us. True. Um, but, but and if, I don't think that's necessarily bad. I think it can be. I don't think it isn't intrinsically bad. No, it's, yeah. Look, look I, I think I tried to, and this is stemming more from, I think, professional conversations as well. Sure. That peeling back things to basics of what exactly is it that you need from yeah. this or, or what, what do you need in a personal relationship not necessarily mm -hmm. from one relationship but in your personal space what are the yeah. different areas that need to be fulfilled yeah, and you... are you getting that from this one person if so how do you get it yeah. um, and if and not and a lot of times we don't do know how to ask it? for what we need and so that's where I think a lot of dysfunction comes I think a lot of the times we don't know what we need <laughs> maybe that's it yeah. yeah I definitely have gone through evolutions of both of those things yeah, well, it, it took a nice professional conversation for me where um, I think they were trying to sort of really get people into the zone of thinking, what exactly do you want from work? Yeah. What kind of a role do you want to be in? Uh, what are your skills? What gives you fulfillment? Yeah. What gives you joy? Isn't it sad that it's when it's profitable, we, you know, we dig into we some of this heavy effort. stuff when yeah. it's monetized. These businesses sometimes do a great job of that. And then we forget to do that in our own selves, in our outside of a profit space absolutely I've, I've definitely taken so much from that professional space into private space and also you. You, you sort of helped well I don't know if there's too much information Do but um, sort of assisted other people like my mom, my mom and dad as well but yeah. so that conversational capacity piece that how exactly do you sort of resolve a situation yeah. and, 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 and listen to the other person to understand what exactly 
is it that's bothering them mm. and not just deal with the symptoms but rather oh, take right? it back to the causes right and stop being like oh why why does a certain person keep acting this way like yes. well yeah but there's or, usually or, some underlying story yeah. there or if you're going to put all the blame or frustration into the fact that someone's always complaining about this maybe you should stop doing that and be like why does someone keep complaining or maybe they complain about this when this <laughs> happens all the time it just shouldn't be this hard your perspective on monogamy you said you romanticize it a bit that's your ideal in a way is to have like a person that sort of meets <clears throat> you on all levels and you share a life together yeah I, th- I think that traditional idea of having a partner in crime yeah. who sort of is 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 aware of a lot of your diff- um, um, the different aspects of your life that sort of make up the person that you are mm. and I think it goes back to my urge to just be able to share my experiences yeah. and, and I do love talking to people I do love sharing my experiences yeah. I, 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 I which is why you hate the small talk I suppose so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if it's if something that is meaningful to me stays just with me yeah. it's just it's not that meaningful it? It, it, it feels like a lost opportunity yeah. if it's adding that much meaning to me Surely it can add meaning to someone else as well. Oh, that's beautiful. And to be able to share that with someone, that way of thinking and those specific anecdotes and experiences as well, yeah. it just sounds beautiful to me. I like the idea of, um, again, this might not necessarily come from a sexual or romantic relationship mm-hmm. itself, but the idea of growing with someone in a certain yeah. direction, I think there's something amazing to be said about that. Um, as I said, you know, when you look back and you can see yourself changing, and yeah. especially if it's into a direction or into a version of yourself that you take pride in. Yes. And if you can do that with someone else and, and you kind of... It's so beautiful. It's, it's, it's amazing to share that ongoing mm-hmm. um, way of life yeah. with someone. Um, I listened to this podcast by this amazing group of people. Um, it's called Amory. Mm-hmm. I've communicated very briefly with um, the woman who's involved in it. And they seem like a... Uh, people who are quite aligned with some of the things that I, um, how I perceive the world. Um, they're, the woman and her um, legal husband, have they have children as well. They are polyamorous, and she started a relationship with another man. Um, their, their sort of journey is their own to tell, but the way that, that she terms her boyfriend is their learning partners. And that huh. really hit for me. Who's someone who's been looking for connection and really finding people who are like, well, what what kind of connection can you be looking for? You already have a partner. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm not looking for another partner. I do life with this man. I expect that to be ongoing for the, as far as I can see. Granted, I don't know the future, but that's the intent and that's mm-hmm. how I see it. But I don't just want to fuck other people. I want connection and I want to learn through them. And I do have people that I engage with quite naturally and I fuck. And the kind of that term, I was like, yeah, that's not wrong. Like, yeah. I love that idea. No, I think it's beautifully phrased, yeah. Yeah, I was like, get it. If you're um, having, let's say, intellectual conversations, and there's, and by, by that I mean uh, you're challenging each other's yeah. opinion around um, things that you you know have fairly firm opinions on, yeah. and uh, you're doing that, let's say, across a few certain areas, and then I think moving forward as well, that you, you need to be constantly sort of finding other areas as well where you can have those... Right. Um, challenging conversations yeah. where so you don't become completely known to that's each right other. yeah 100% it, yeah. It, 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 you, you, there's, Stop you can't keep it that predictable where that's my perspective you're not learning anymore you gotta keep each other growing and that's where my partner and I talked about we got stuck we just stopped growing and mm-hmm. I felt I was ready for more growth and he probably was but maybe in different ways so the way that 
that has looked for us is is really causing an intentional disruption to force yeah. us to grow because we knew we both were at an impasse and it's been revitalizing yeah and well, that, i don't mean when we opened our relationship i mean more recently with different dialogue and okay life structure changes and stuff but mm. well, even r- routines as well yeah. so if, if, if there are certain things that you do every day or you come back or from 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 work and you talk about work mm. and then you've got dinner and then you know you you have sex and even in <laughs> sex maybe you were having the the same kind of routine yeah. at this position and then this comes yeah. after that and this comes after that oh still you they got a like, few positions in there you're doing all right yeah no there's two more after but that. it's like one two three switch actually okay yeah. have you been to amsterdam yes have you been to a sex show in amsterdam no. okay so they do these stage sex shows yeah. where that's very much what it is and you're watching and it's supposed to be erotic and i suppose if you're still quite sexually re- re- reserved it would be my partner and I had already had our relationship open at that point but we went to this sex show it's on mm. a rotating stage and it's choreographed sex to the point where the, the one partner's like tap tap and then the other partner switches yeah, and like right. it's subtle but I saw it <laughs> and I'm like this is a routine and they're like uh, uh, and they're making it look like it's hot and it's good sex but I'm like this is choreographed sex and that parallel just came to me there where I'm like yeah, wow. <laughs> it can look good uh-huh. it can be hot you can do all the like new trendy positions yeah. but if it's you know this synchron like choreographed thing for you now it's so monotonous now that might not give you the sexual and erotic charge you're looking for and then look it could be as simple as saying that you know what we we do this all the time why like, do you want to have sex in the kitchen tonight hey yo <laughs> you know i do fuck yeah <laughs> or like i don't know i yeah and that's what i was saying before about like i don't believe you have to open your relationship to other people to mm-hmm. add that newness to add that erotic yeah. space there's so many ways but you got to be creative you got to be open absolutely but don't talk about work if you don't have anything significant to share in that space yeah. or like, just like you said fuck in the kitchen yeah exactly I as think long as it's clean as a rule of thumb you fuck should be fucking in the kitchen oh 100% at least once a week if you're in a long term relationship with someone and you live together and you haven't fucked in the kitchen I don't really know what to tell you if do you it known someone for a month and you haven't fucked in the kitchen I don't care if it's your boss <laughs> just, <if laughs> wait you your work kitchen? kitchen any kitchen <laughs> well you don't do that yeah. Where you work? No, look, I've fucked in a few kitchens, but not where I work. No, never. Moving on. <laughs> Here gets to some of the more fun stuff. Right. What's the interplay between sex and love and laughter? Or fuck, love, laugh, mm. as it were. Oh, wow. It's almost like... Uh... Hey, wait, it's almost like I planned that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was referring to it as like the ultimate threesome last week. Is like the trilogy <clears throat> of fuck, love, laugh. The sex, love, laughter. Yeah. How do you see the interplay between those three things? Yeah, well, look, definitely, as I think you phrased it quite well just now. Sauce. Uh, no, it's like, you stole my, are you reading my notes? Yeah. Um, no, so like, Guys, no. he's not joking. He actually has notes. It's no. adorable. Absolutely not true. He does. They're on paper, too. I don't even know how to write. <laughs> <laughs> and again, if you want his number, he's illiterate. <laughs> so, don't text him. Uh, you will always be smarter than me. <laughs> Send an audio file. Uh, so, like, look, I do see a lot of importance in setting up an atmosphere of overlap of um, of, of yeah. these three areas and I, I, I think it goes well, you're a pretty funny guy yeah I'm fucking hilarious <laughs> uh, but but I mean I, you laugh at yourself so that counts because I'm funny and <laughs> I've got good taste <laughs> it works <laughs> so, but, but I, I think not enough people give enough attention to actually making an effort to 
um, create an atmos- atmosphere for this. And then look, mm. it's especially true, I think, in this this age of online dating as well. Yeah. Um, where you don't already have an existing relationship with this person. Yeah. You don't have those dynamics of, you know, laughter, yeah. a bit of uh, irony, uh, inside jokes. Yeah. You, you don't have all of that working in your favor already. So do you try to formulate that from the get-go? Well, I... I I can't say that I've tried enough of it. It's only the very, yeah. very recent experiences that have given me a little bit of appreciation of I this. Because I do, and it's interesting because I do a little bit of dabbling in the online spaces. Yeah. And I very much test people's sense of humor right away. And so I've for sure accidentally offended some people mm-hmm. um, where I make a joke and they've taken it as an insult. Right. And I'm like, okay, I, they're not going to sit about for an apology. We don't. They don't owe me anything. That's fine. But at the same time, that also tells me something about them because that's how I am. Very playful. I'm very sarcastic. So I don't want, if they can't handle that, that I don't want them to be uncomfortable. And that's, I'm probably not the person for them to see. But it is hard because things are so easily perceived, you know, uh, misperceived in a message. Yeah, true. And then... I think more more than even just your personalities interacting as well. I think there's a lot to be said about what the atmosphere brings out of you as well. The kind of the the, the side of you that you bring out. Sure. And then you know you every time you interact with a certain kind of a person, there's a certain side of you that yeah. comes out. Yeah. So if you created that atmosphere already or yeah. if you spend time in creating that environment do you environment, mean digitally or do you mean once you've had like a first engagement like you're meeting both probably so you try to create a deliberate first date space that absolutely yes, exactly so knowing same. that look in, in this kind of an atmosphere I'm going to be let's say quite energetic I'm going to be quite outspoken yeah. or I'm going to be making uh, maybe a few dark jokes or well a lot of the girls that I interviewed first were like um and I'm the same. They're like, I like an active, playful, moderately competitive first mm-hmm. date. Exactly. And I, she was like, my girlfriend's like mini golfing. We talked about bowling. We talked about um, like even going and just like to a bar where there's something you can kind of like subtly work in as I often make like little cheeky bets with people about stuff. Like yeah. there has to be like a, do you play? Do you joke? Are you slightly competitive, but not in a way that's good? Yeah, just be a disrupt. fun personality, yeah. right? Well, someone who's a light, you know? can dialogue heavily but also it just doesn't and, take themselves too seriously and it goes such a long way is that i think once you create those dynamics the next time you catch up with that person your your mind will automatically kind of switch into yeah. that mode that hey look it's with like this person comfort. this is how i talk yeah. this is how i interact this is these are things that i feel comfortable sharing sure. or you know this is the kind of i, I can sort of poke fun at her or we what, what yeah. you know we would classify as banter Hey-o. Uh, yeah, all of that just Leave comes. Some fans. Yeah. Hills, yeah. People, and that's the thing for me. I think I need that intellect mm-hmm. um, connect and I need that humor connect. And the humor is so subjective. So if someone's not going to appreciate my humor, that is okay. But like, it's going to be hard yeah. for me to have a close, comfortable space because I am I say way too many inappropriate things. No, fair, fair enough. <laughs> you absolutely can watch for that. I've offended um, you how many times? 600? Yeah. It's, it's, it's totally yeah. the same. Honestly, your just, jokes aren't very offensive. You could really up it. Or maybe I just don't want you to cry yourself to sleep. That's just me, though. I'm a nice guy like that. Well, if, if I actually have to look at it almost chronologically, I would probably say I would be setting it up in a way of laughter obviously comes ah. first without saying. Yeah. Um, good. It would be sex so after far, that. So far, so good. Oh, okay. And then You're... the third would be love. And then and the reason why I say that, I do think that Love is a part that takes a lot time. of building blocks yeah. and time as well. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, I, I think if I'm looking at some sort of a dating um, 
step-by-step -step process in your book by the time well i would like to think it's a bit of a standard book but look <laughs> oh my god you wouldn't be oh you'd yeah, be surprised yeah, i'm kidding? sure you've had some shitty it's almost like i haven't been listening to myself <laughs> I mean, after all, everything that we've discussed i'm like surely everyone does the same thing you're like wait i didn't do that last time damn it i got yeah. a message that girl be like sorry i forgot to take my no. own advice <laughs> Uh, sorry, we have supposed to have sex yet. Can you stop with the lovey-dovey talk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have a fun sex story? Um, yeah. Oh, why and not? obviously, why we're not? keeping a space where it's about being fun and mm -hmm. recognizing that sex is messy and fun and funny. And Absolutely. We never want anyone to feel like... No, no judgment in yeah. the space at all. But yeah. um, I was once um, dating this girl um, who... Definitely was uh, we were both getting along quite well, and I think we or at were... least you thought so. And cheated as well. Don't make me <laughs> I'm cry. Just teasing again. you. <laughs> again, again, I knew it. I, I told you I'd make you cry before you could leave. Only so many I don't tears care I if I should put peppers on your eyes. <laughs> you will cry. It will not take that. I just need to look at you. What? <laughs> oh, okay. I put a little that. bit of makeup on for you. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's COVID. No one has to wear makeup. <laughs> Yeah, well, look, if I'm coming over, then I expect some effort. Are you wearing makeup? I didn't think so. Uh, last time I checked, there was a guy. Oh, we're going to gender this? All right, tell me your funny story. That was ironic. A girl was into you, so you think. Okay, okay so, um, yeah, so, so we, we definitely, sorry? You're seeing a girl. Yeah, definitely got along pretty well, um, both of us with each other, <laughs> just to be very clear here. <laughs> it was it just mutual, and we were both. Yeah, um, so one of the evenings um, when we were, I suppose, things were getting a little bit heated up, and um, before we even sort of took things to the bedroom, she was in the a... kitchen. She was in a... Or that, um, <laughs> because, you know, we're wild like that. <laughs> um, First she, date sex she, is always kitchen sex, no? And every one that follows. <laughs> You're like, I actually have a kitchen fetish. I have a bed in the kitchen. <laughs> Don't. I do. Don't make fun of my tiny apartment. Uh, I am going to cry. It's like, hey, I rolled out of bed and I fell into my kitchen. I fall into my coffee machine. No one's hating that. Yeah. I wake up and my coffee machine is within a step. It's that, the best. Why would you complain about that at all? Exactly. You know? So 100%. stop making fun of my tiny apartment. Going back to my story. Okay, so you weren't fucking her in the kitchen. <laughs> no. Yet. Right. That's so for later. She wanted to be, be, uh, be a bit playful. And, I like that um, already. Yeah, absolutely. So she said, hold on over here for a minute. Just close your eyes, turn around. Mm -hmm. Just be extra sure. I know you've turned around, you can't see me, but still close your fucking eyes. Yeah. Uh, a bit excessive if you ask me, but we digress. <laughs> <laughs> she was never one for trust. <laughs> and she went to a different room and closed the door. Like, okay, this... Did the point is... What? Did she leave? No. <laughs> I just told you we were both into each other. Yeah, but I still don't believe it. What? <laughs> wow, okay, I am liked by some people as hard as she it may be. She asked me to close my eyes and turn around, and she left. Okay. And I never spoke, spoke no. to her okay. again. Right. So, and I'm still looking for her, so if you're listening, <laughs> I love you. So, she comes out a little bit later, and How I long? open my eyes. Paint me a word picture. How long was she gone? 30 seconds. Three minutes. Three minutes. Okay. Three minutes and 27 seconds. Perfect. And then she came out. She was dressed in a school girl. Here's the thing, right? Um, my, I, I, I think this stems from my best friend being a school psychologist. Yeah. Now, that got into age play territory for you and it made you uncomfortable. Pretty much exactly yeah. that. You have phrased that very succinctly. I could never do that in my life. And you went, uh-uh. No, no, no. I didn't say that at all. I felt like there would be 
really hurtful to her yeah. considering she has put in a bit of but you effort weren't, to you please weren't, me. But your dick wasn't like, yeah, let's do this. You were like, oh, but honey. Well, so I, I, I figured there's a bit of a compromise here that um, if I really rush to take all her clothes <laughs> off, it works for me. And she's like, oh, he's so into exactly. it. Can't wait it's to get me naked. Like, that is clever. As soon as she's naked, I'm, I'm again into full attraction. Back to the kitchen. Let's make this happen. Ooh, but at, at, at the same time, she's like, man, this guy could not wait to get his hands of, hands on me. He it's loves this. Well, so it, amazing, steamy sex, just so good. Had an amazing night. Do we when, have five now? When, uh, sorry? Can you hear a high five on a podcast? Should we high five? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. Fuck, yeah. fuck no to school sex. <laughs> school girl sex. No, I'm going to stop talking. Okay. <laughs> no, so that's not your thing. But here's the problem. The story doesn't yeah. quite end there. That's what I was hoping. No. <laughs> yeah. So so what what happened is now because she got such a good reaction, yeah. she's like, oh, he's obviously her. very much into it. She's like, mm-hmm, write that down. So this happened it. more than once. <laughs> Every and, time she comes over, and the thing is, any and you're like, no, no, no. well, any time, like, I'm, I'm trying to sort of, um, you know, get away from the situation. Yeah. It's further creating positive feedback yeah. that more of this is better. <laughs> and now I feel like I've gone so far. I can't like. Yeah, after... you're like, baby, I. Uh... Yeah, it's like you know what that thing that you did a month ago and that we do every day every now. Week now, like <laughs> that when you come home from work, you put on the schoolgirl outfit. Well, yeah, I've could been you stop doing to you. that? Because it makes me feel like this is what's wrong with the society. And it got to the point where we eventually broke up, not because of that. Not because she needed to be in her school going <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Isn't I... that interesting? Of like what you people perceive as sexy, and like I wonder if she thought it was sexy or she thought you would think it was sexy too fair point yeah yeah and that's what i think you and i touched on briefly like there's value in that role play space um from between two people who aren't associating it with anything that's mm-hmm. disrupting them i think there's definitely things people have tried to do with me and to me where i've been like oh i don't like that and they're like oh really a lot of other people do and i'm like that's fine for me it associates with this and yeah. they're like oh yeah that makes sense then that you don't want to do that it was actually last year that um in the midst of some amazing, very organically sort of transpired events where we both ended up in um, a, a shower which was neither in, in neither one of our houses. Yeah. So it was just a very yeah. um, steamy atmosphere. Well, uh, no literally, pun intended. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, it, I, I, it, but it all it, it took was this one moment where she um, called me daddy. Yeah. That did not. That yeah. doesn't do it for me. All right. <laughs> if anything, I I had to just stop everything, yeah. take a step back, and, and I was like, "Hey, girl, could uh, you not? Don't do that." <laughs> and isn't it interesting? Like I do a lot of reading, and I listen to Tina Horn's podcast, who unpacks. It, uh, it's called "Wire People Into That," and it unpacks kink and fet in a very academic way in a very anecdotal but also heavily researched way she brings in the most amazing people to talk about why they're into what they're into mm-hmm. from an expert level or from an experiential level and so that gave me a lot more understanding um, but the amount of times that a guy's tried to tell me I'm a good little girl and yeah, I've been like right. oh no that's <laughs> not and I maybe that's for some people and I have zero like I, I get it now I can understand and perceive that and I'm not even explaining it the depth it deserves there's mm-hmm. so much more go listen to tina, Horn pod, tina horn's podcast mm-hmm. but yeah so i won't call you daddy you don't call me a good little girl done and you <laughs> don't wear a school that. girl outfit over here next time okay because i've been sitting here staring at you so uncomfortable this whole time i'm not sure i can compromise on that you should have made the rules clear <laughs>
This is how I roll. I said I don't like it on girls. <laughs> Wait, that makes it weird. <laughs> okay. So you get to the final and most important part. Yeah. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Love. Laugh. You gotta ditch one. Ah, oh, the three good things in life. Let's say um, chocolate. Sure. What? <laughs> no? The, we digress. Guys, you should have seen his eyes. He kind this of rolled them. Did not roll them. Do you, how do you feel about chocolate? I just make... Look, can we not go there? Can you leave? I do like chocolate. Take your schoolgirl outfit just, and get out of here. I feel like it's one of those things that the world has just sort of it's, got her on the bandwagon. Okay, of. we're a little too overzealous. Yeah. Well, look, okay, uh, every, everyone loves chocolate. Well, not Wine, everyone. Most people... alcohol, sleep. What else goes in there? Sex, love, and laughter. They're the only good... They're the best things. Chocolate's yeah, not close. You're not putting alcohol in there. Food. No, I think alcohol is pretty up there. Yeah, let's yeah. be real. No, I We're do Australian. love wine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Get real. All right. Absolutely. All right. Sex, love, laughter. You're allowed to clarify. You're allowed to um, explain your perception of each. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. It's like a would you rather. Yep. Um, take it seriously because this is not funny. I do see your eyes. I feel like you're going to cut me if I don't, don't take it seriously. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you have uh, one job. If you get it wrong, you die. All right. Come on, daddy. <laughs> 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 not your thing. Yeah, no. Uh, I'd have to test it one more time. All right, look, let me let me give my. Good I hate that you told answer. that story about when I called you daddy. That was so. Can you imagine? <laughs> You're like staring at me like, is this okay? This was you. <laughs> all right, so. All right, sorry. I ask questions, then I don't listen to the answers. Oh, I've noticed that. <laughs> you hear me at all? Uh, silly rhetorical question. Fuck, so, love, laugh. Laugh is definitely going to be the first one for me. That you keep it. That I'm keeping, 100%. Yeah, that, that that cannot go. Um, out of fucking love. Look, I'm going to say I want to keep love. And I could probably lose the fuck part. And, okay. and I, I, obviously I'd say that with a pretty heavy heart. <laughs> or a sad dick. <laughs> pretty heavy heart and a not so heavy dick. Not so hard. <laughs> okay, so you're a lover and you're a laugher. Yes. That's beautiful. Well, then maybe there's a pragmatic side of me that's thinking maybe as you grow old my my libido is gonna start dropping this is what i hear and look again i haven't asked old people if this is what's been happening with <laughs> my them. dad said to me he's in the 60s he's like one of the best things about getting old is like i'm not just horny all the time and i'm like oh, i'm glad to hear that dad he's like it's kind of nice like, your attention can go to other things yeah well yeah I he was fine with that conversation but when i alluded to the fact that he gave my brother a masturbation talk when we were teenagers and never gave me one. He said, oh, well, apparently women masturbate. <laughs> okay, wow, all right. So um, the kind of dialogue and discourse my father and I have is erratic and um, not very leveled. So. Yeah, no, mm. very cool, very cool. There's, he's still Did you know away. that women masturbate? Um, no, I just thought that they come and I want them to. Because you're so essential. <laughs> Immediately as I... Announce it. I, I look at when I say daddy told you <laughs> to come. That's the only time. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's our, you know, I've never asked them. Um, I've never received the answer. No, when I wasn't, did you come, baby? <laughs> baby girl. <laughs> and there's like shittiest poker face ever. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't make any noise the whole time, but. When I asked them if they came, they said yeah. So yeah, they, they looked like they, they were dying much. inside. <laughs> <laughs> Their eyes looked a little sad, but I think that's how women look after orgasms, right? Yeah, every once in a while I just stop and kind of ask her, hey, babe, are you still breathing? 
Just because she was crying so hard. <laughs> well, she's breathing. Look at that. You can't, you can't, you can't have tears It's like when down. someone's choking. If they're like coughing, they're fine. You don't have to give them any AC. Yeah, we're all aligned on values here. Um, so, yeah. All right. So, so I, I'd like to think that the libido is going to drop. Okay. So and that, you're going to want to still have love and laugh. Well, the, the love and laugh is going to be there regardless of when, where, who. It's beautiful. Well, or rather, it should be. It's the best part of life. So, um, don't listen yeah, to my look, answer then. I was, I was, <laughs> I was, I was just going to say, look, this might come to you as a surprise, but I have had moments, days, sometimes weeks without sex. <laughs> All right. This is... I believed you until you said weeks. <laughs> so, so yeah, look, I, I, I know that I've survived that. Yeah. But if, if, I, if I didn't have... I'm a survivor. <laughs> like, yeah. wow, congratulations. Like, well, someone, uh, you know, the key is to just... Um, um, get one of your hands numb and then masturbate and then you feel like someone else is doing it for you. That's what I've read. Exactly. It's called The Stranger. <laughs> I don't know. I have a lot of toys that do that job. I feel like men need more of a market for toys so they don't have to keep sitting on their hands. That can't be good for circulation. Look, the circulation is the least of my concerns when I'm horny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> blood? Who needs fucking blood? I mean, your dick does. <laughs> so you did it. You made it to the end of the interview and now mm. you get chocolate but you don't like it. So what's the point? Can we have some wine? Yeah. Ew. What else? Anything else you want to say before we say goodbye to our beautiful audience? Anything you want to summarize or renege? <laughs> um, look, this is the worst experience ever, and I wish yeah. I had never been here. Yeah, but sorry. I have been, so I'm going to say that. Because it's, it's probably been, um, I think, the longest that I've actually spoken about. Was challenging the conventional yeah. norms of um, and love and sex. Thank you for being willing to engage in that with me. Like. Yeah. One of the reasons I asked you, and you seemed almost surprised, and when I asked you, was that I could tell you were someone who doesn't just go, well, that's the way it is. Like, you were like, well, I don't know how it's supposed <clears throat> to be. Is anything supposed to be a certain way? Or does everyone get to see what works for them? And yeah. I was really excited to hear about how you perceived that. And Yeah, and then, look, I, I, I like to think that I surround myself with a lot of um, sort of open-minded, progressive people, but it's still definitely feels like a bit of a novelty to be able to have this kind of a conversation. So yeah, thank you for sharing this with me. No, look, it's been, a, it's been an absolute pleasure and it's always nice to especially also talk to someone who's put in enough bit of time and effort into um, sorting out their own thoughts regarding mm. these subjects as well because you know it's always nice to sort of learn and understand somebody somebody else's perspective as well and I'm still learning like I don't presume to know anything except what you I'm don't. sitting in now and <laughs> and I think I am comfortable saying like my opinions change and I like to I like to go hey guys I said and thought this thing but now I'm sitting here yeah yeah and I think apologizing and being willing to grow and learn is something I value. yeah and look, if a week from now, if I, you know, think of, hey, in the last month, how have I changed as a person? Yeah. This conversation will definitely be up there Aww. because it's, it's changed the way I think about a few things. Not just this conversation, Ooh. I suppose, but a lot of our interactions well, that yeah, we've had. Well, yeah, it brings the connections exactly, into various yeah. other conversations. And, and, it all and, and you together. think about, like, today as a person, when I think of these topics, where are my thoughts? And yeah. they certainly would be in a very different place to where they were a month, six mm. months ago. Yeah. And and that's that, that's a good that's a good feeling. Yeah, and Unless I hope that people get to watch me learn through this podcast and watch my perspectives continue to grow and change. And I hope that um I, I'm offering that to the listeners and anyone mm -hmm. who joins me on the on the couch and we can all just kind of open our minds a bit more. And I, I always talk like I come from a space of humor, so there's a few things we touch on that people might hear wrong. And I hope they know that sometimes things are just said to be fun and funny. And sometimes maybe there is some misunderstanding there so I 
I hope my audience is ready to engage respectfully. And I've had a few people this week sharing with me on social media, and I appreciate the way they ask questions respectfully and carefully and, and share so we can all learn. Mm. Thanks, Mary. Another high five? Sorry? Another high five? Absolutely. Okay. Get it. <laughs> So there it is, fuck, love, blah. A phrase for which meaning can transform being perceived to each their own. So you found me here today, but I don't know how. So I'm gonna give you a few different modes that you can find more from Fuck Love Laugh. You're welcome to visit my website at fucklovelaugh.com. You'll find me on Twitter and Instagram at FuckLoveLaugh. And I'm still deciding if you'll find me on Facebook, but F Love Laugh is what you'll find me at if I'm there. Can I masturbate? What can I do in front of the other? Oh, well, do you have any I questions? think I've made a few assumptions here. I've mm-hmm. definitely assumed that I can masturbate. Is you can. Too? Oh, yeah. Can, right? Like, I'm not horrible. That's a rule of thumb. Like, I, I, I always assume that I can masturbate, even if I'm at work. Like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter where I'm at. This is why we don't use people's it's, real names. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> He's joking. Ha, ha, ha. I don't, uh, I don't work at bleed. <laughs> disclosure. Asterisks at the bottom. <laughs> this is all comedy. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. But seriously, um, guys, I... He hasn't masturbated at work, correct? John, sorry, that was not me. <laughs> I totally don't know who that 